The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of That's a Retrograde is brought to you in part by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is our favorite purveyor of mushroom beverages. Head over to foursigmatic.com slash TSR. Use promo code TSR to get 15% off your order. This is the opening. It's the opening of the opening. I just really flashed to a chorus line, but we're a podcast. Yeah. Guys, imagine a podcast, but it's a chorus line. (laughs) And there's only two of us, and we don't sing or dance. And we hope we get it. Uh, Hi, this is That's a Retrograde. I'm Elizabeth Cott. Hello, I'm Stephanie Simbari. I literally almost said I'm Elizabeth Cott. You can be Elizabeth Cott, and I I can be Stephanie Simbari. Honestly, I think... Half the people listening think that's the case anyway. They don't know who we are. No. And I'm fine with that because I don't know who we are either. Anonymity? 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 Whatever. Anonymity. Yeah. This is That's a Retrograde. We are in the midst of some retrogrades, as you can tell. We don't know what the fuck's going on. Some retrogrades indeed. Six, in fact. Yes. But this week we will find the end of Mercury retrograde. And at the end of August, we will find the end of Mars retrograde. So... Stay strapped in, you guys. The light is coming. Truly. What's the most so retrograde thing that's happened to you thus far in this retrograde? Uh, you know, that's a, t- that's a tough question to put me on the spot with. Uh, I would say, generally speaking, it's just my brain not working 100%. Mm-hmm. And the Mars retrograde for me is, is, is actually pretty intense because I'm Scorpio and that's ruled by the planet Mars. Ooh. So I have been feeling a sense of like needing to get things done and then it just like, I feel like I'm moving through like a very thick thing that will not let me complete things that I need completion on, but I keep doing the work. So I'm hoping that by the end of the month, it's like, ah, nice. The delay was just an illusion. It was all an illusion. Yeah. Um, I've needed a pretty intense reboot. Mm-hmm. I got like so sick mm-hmm. and it came on so intensely. And there's something about being sick in the summer. I was just going to say a like, summer cold is so weird. The worst. But I thought I would share a few of the things I did to make myself feel better. Please do, because I know our other friend is ill and she's having a hard time yeah. knowing how to self-care. Okay, so... Not that I don't completely condone going the doc- to the doctor if that's what you feel called to. I personally was like, I think it just needs to move through. Mm-hmm. Let's figure it out. So um, I did some Shape House sweats. Natch. Which can kind of do one of two things. It can either accelerate the cold and kind of like make it worse before it gets better. Or it can like help push it out. So, you know, it's kind of, it's a crapshoot. Right. But I was open to it. Cool. And then... Um, I rested. Yeah. I got off my phone. I literally like Here's a hack. signed Rest. off of email. I signed off of social media. I was just like, I need to give everything a deep, deep rest. And it, honestly, it's fucking hard to do. It also, I hate to admit, but it's it's tough. It also speaks to like the subtle stress you just get from being on your phone in general. And like when your body's experiencing any low key amount of like 
thinking you're supposed to be doing something or any degree of FOMO, it's like that is preventing you from healing mm-hmm. because you're just you're elevating that um, stress receptors totally. in your system. So and then that. obviously a lot of water, mm-hmm. a lot of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how much weed did you eat? <laughs> Good question. Because that's my go-to when I'm sick. I just like tranquilize well, myself with these, marijuana. They're actually, they're these pills that I got. So the um, regulations. They're called ecstasy. <laughs> they're called ecstasy. Uh, there's this regulation that changed over here in LA with the packaging. Mm-hmm. So when I was at MedMen a couple months ago, there was like it was kind of everyone knew about this around town that they were doing like these 40% off sales for all of the packaging that wasn't compliant. That's so crazy. And so I got these. Um, they look like gel cap pills. Oh, I've had those before. And they're amazing. I do not know the brand because I ripped off all the um, labels because I was traveling with them. Mm-hmm. Pro tip. Uh, Lady Baby Hack. Yeah. <laughs> Take the THC identifiers off of your edibles. Um, and then I, uh, so yeah, I, I'll find out what they're called, but they're these great gel caps and they were very rest inducing. Yeah. And I enjoyed them very much. But so what was going also, on? Also Creation in LA has this CBD water and I I was hungover on Sunday and I drank an entire water and I slept for like four hours in the morning. It was, I woke up, I was like, what tequila? That's really nice. Yeah. So what was going on with me was it was like a sinus thing. And this is what's going around is that it was the sinus thing. It literally felt like I'd been on like a four day Coke bender, like cellophane around my brain. How do you know brain. what that feels like? I don't know. I've read about it. <laughs> and... Um, it, but like, like, could not breathe. Like, just such, so, like, my entire body hurt. My face hurt. Like, it was awful. It's funny because John Volick said the same thing about how he was. He's like, I feel like I've been doing coke for weeks. It felt like, like cellophane was happening? around my brain. Like, I could not form sentences. So it was like everything Ugh. was stuck. So I went to Carolyn Barron at Botanarchy, mm-hmm. our dear acupuncturist. She did a treatment on me, did cupping to just kind of like move things along, and then she gave me from Evergreen, which is a really well known. Um, herbs formula that I, I've seen it like every acupuncturist you can buy it on Amazon all of that magnolia clear sinus is okay. what she gave me and I looked at her in the eye is it a spritz it's a powder of um, a bunch of different herbs and, and, and you, you snort it yes and you snort it okay <laughs> um, and then you just you, they they recommend you take it with like mix it with water and make kind of like a tonic I kind of do it hardcore and just like spoonful the powder in my mouth mm-hmm. and then take water because I just don't like drinking it right and I looked at her in the eye because I'm sure as so many people can relate, the last thing I need is like another something in my cabinet. And I was like, Carolyn, is this going to work? Be serious because I'm not spending $44 on something that's like yeah. not going to work. She's like, trust me, it's going to work. And let me tell you, I have never felt more relief instantly in my entire Whoa. life. Like all of a sudden, like, I mean, it wasn't glamorous. Like everything was coming out, but oh, it moved seriously? everything around, which is really what I needed because everything was like stuck in my head and it was so painful and so uncomfortable. Wild. So that, and then just like resting. Yeah. And so I'm happy to report that those things worked. You know, I did mention the tea that I was drinking whilst sick. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, happens to be one of our partners for today's show. Whoa. What do you know? That is wild. I couldn't really do any caffeine. You know when you're so sick and you're like adrenals are just shot. Yeah. It's that whole thing. So my normal coffee mushroom blend that I'm so used to having was not going to serve me well but mm-hmm. I did get involved in the 10 mushroom blend oh which comes in a tin. Get better too. it really did it was delicious and I mixed it with some hemp milk and then I let it cool down and put it on some ice mm. and it was 
really lovely. I also enjoyed it hot, too. I love the image of you in the kitchen cooking up a tonic. You know me. It's the cutest. I just love it. I love that. And you know what else I love? Tell me. The makers of that tea that you discuss yeah. and think of so highly. Four Sigmatic. Hey, guys. Booze. How are you? If you guys notice, they're everywhere now. Yeah. And we're just so thrilled to be in the mix, in the conversation. Totally. And I think we're going to have Tarot back on the show in September, who can like really shed some light on why these... Like part two on why these mushrooms are so powerful. I recently tried the charcoal lemonade mushroom blend. Yeah. So good. And a nice summer. Yeah. Summer delectable. Yeah. It's like it's the it's the lemonade of, of yesteryear with the benefits of tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Four Sigmatic, you're welcome for that tagline. We yeah. got you. Um, I know a bunch of our listeners are getting on board, which is really awesome. And uh, if you head over to foursigmatic.com slash TSR, use promo code TSR, you'll get 15% off. That's incredible. So that's foursigmatic.com slash TSR, promo code TSR. How many percentages off? 15. Damn. One, five. You welcome. Let them know we sent you. Yep. Um, what's so exciting, even more so than mushroom-laden uh, beverages, is our interview today. Wow. Didn't know we could top that. We can, though. Uh, my <laughs> friend Alex Finian, who wrote a book that he uh, conceptualized when he was in college. He's going to tell us all about kind of the origin story behind that, but um, it it certainly is an inspiring tale of go- having an idea and really going for it and not letting the nose get you down. I don't know if you said this in the interview or not, but it is kind of ironic that the subject of the book is is the exact mode that he had to make the book in. Yeah. And I love that so much. So for anyone who's thinking of following their dreams or going on an adventure but is afraid of what's to come, this is the book for you. And uh, let's cut to that interview with Alex. We are so excited today. We are. We've got our friend Alex Benayan here sitting with us. How you doing, Alex? I am great. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for coming. So is this known, an, another Israel person? This is another <laughs> Israel person. <laughs> the trip that keeps on yeah, doing. Yeah, truly. Legitimately, does. that's the that's the not, truth. But this yeah. wasn't the wellness one. This was the one I did pri- prior to that. Oh, the first. So this time. was like like OG Israeli uh, exploration yeah. with friends. Which that was, was really amazing. Yeah. So at the time, and we did we met before that though, right? Maybe who knows? Who knows? But you were working on this book. <laughs> yeah. Explain to us the concept behind the book, and now that it is out into the world. First of all, congrats on being an author. Major. Thank thing. you. Yeah. So it's been the seven-year journey. Wow. And the whole premise of the book is it's about my journey from when I was 18 years old, going out to track down the world's most successful people, figuring out when they were just starting how they did it. So for business, I spoke to Bill Gates, music, Lady Gaga. You just set out to do this? It was because of a life crisis. Okay. So I was 18, a freshman in college, Mm -hmm. and I was spending every day lying on my dorm room bed, staring up at the ceiling. Live there. Right. And like, (laughs) I was going through this what I want to do with my life crisis. Yeah. And to know why I was going through it, you have to understand I'm the son of Jewish immigrants, which pretty much means, you know, I came out of the womb. My mom cradled me in her arms, and then she stamped MD on my ass and sent me on my way. <laughs> and, you know, in third grade, or I was... ESQ. <laughs> right. That was my sister. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Boys are doctors, girls are lawyers. Okay. You know? Interesting. It's blue and pink. Okay. And, you know, I 
in third grade, I wore scrubs to school for Halloween. By the time I got to college, I'm like the pre-med of pre-meds. Okay. And very quickly, I remember lying on this dorm room bed, looking at the stack of biology books, feeling like there were dementors sucking the life out of me. Yeah. And at first, I assumed I was just being lazy. Mm-hmm. But eventually, I began to wonder, maybe I'm not on my path. Mm, I love that you said that instead of going, someone fill up my Adderall prescription. <laughs> That's I wasn't the, there yet. Right. But that's like the, I think what people think they should do. No one, no one thinks that. Well, I had spent so much of my life, my entire life checking the boxes. Okay. You know, study for the SATs, go to pre-med summer camp. And college was... What? Yeah. So actually UCLA, what people don't know, has a pre-med summer camp. It's the worst Wild. camp I've ever heard of in my <laughs> life. What? Okay. So... You just play operation for three months? Not that far off. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, Bradley. I'm like trying to make yeah, yeah. it sound cooler, but it's not that far off. That's amazing. Okay. And when I got to college, it was the first time I ever had space mm-hmm. to ever wonder, like, maybe I'm on a path that somebody placed me on and I'm just rolling down. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going through this what I want to do with my life crisis. And not only do I not know what I want to do, I have no idea how all the people who I looked up to, how they did it. Mm-hmm. And how did Gates sell his first piece of software out of his dorm room when nobody knew his name or... How did Spielberg become the youngest director in Hollywood history when he was rejected from film school? Huh. You know, those are things they don't teach you in class. So very naively, you know, I just went to the library and assumed there had to be a book out there with the answers. So I'm ripping through biographies and business books and self-help books. But eventually I'm left empty-handed. And that's when my naive 18-year-old thinking kicked in. And I thought, well, if no one's written the book I'm dreaming of reading, why not write it myself? And, you know, I thought it'd be super simple. I would just call up Bill Gates, interview him. <laughs> you just and, thought that? Well, I had no idea how the world worked. Right. You know, outside of, like, my grandma's house. So right. I thought that would be the easy part, getting the interviews. Hilarious. The hard part, I figured, was getting the money to fund the journey. Right. Because I was buried in student loan debt. I was all out of bar mitzvah cash. LOL. So there had to be a way to make some quick money. So two nights before final exams... I'm in the library doing what everyone's doing in the library right before finals. I'm on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I see someone posting free tickets to The prices, Right. And actually it's filming like not far from where we are right CBS now. CBS yeah. Studios. Exactly. So my first thought was, what if I go on the show and win some money to fund the book? And it wasn't my brightest moment. Because you have to understand, I'd never seen a full episode of the show before. Hilarious. I'd seen bits and pieces when I was homesick from school in fourth grade. As we all have. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, the Bob Barker days. Absolutely. But in addition to that, I had finals in two days. So I told myself it was a dumb idea and to not think about it. But, you know, I remember just sitting there. I almost feeling like someone had tied like a rope around my gut and was pulling in a direction. So I decided to do the logical thing and pull an all-nighter to study. Mm-hmm, but sure. I didn't study for finals. I said how to hack the prices right. And I went on the show the next day and did this ridiculous strategy and ended up winning the whole showcase showdown, winning a sailboat, selling the sailboat, and that's how I funded the book. How much is the sailboat worth? I sold it for seventeen thousand, which for a college student is like a million dollars. Right. Like yeah. it lasted a long time. It did. I, you know, I felt like a billionaire. I was taking all my friends to Chipotle, like free guac <laughs> for everybody. Like I felt like Bill Gates. Right. 
And then how did you get the access to the people like with the interviews? I mean, that seriously sounds like an almost famous moment where you're like, I'm just going to interview my favorite band and go on the road with them. Like, that seems like a fairy tale. It was, but minus the fairy tale. Right. It, pretty much to my surprise, Bill Gates doesn't do interviews with random 18 year olds. <laughs> you know, like that was the what first either, one. Either, either does that so rush <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, yeah. you know, it took two years to get to Gates. It took three years to get to Lady Gaga. And each story of getting the interview is its own adventure. Right. Like Larry King, I chased him through a grocery store. Warren Buffett, I hacked his shareholders meeting. Spielberg, I, I almost died in like the French Riviera. So like, you're just a very sophisticated stalker. You got chutzpah. <laughs> That's what it is. I want to. Um, so you say naivete, but I think that that's it's just like beautiful boldness that mm. maybe it needs a little bit of youth peppered into it in order to really go for it because we haven't been knocked down with those notes. Totally. It's like, only adults who think they can't do stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I. Because some adult told them that. Right. Their parents who failed at their own dreams. Sorry. Sorry, mom and dad. And you say in the book, you open the book by saying life, business, success, it's just like a nightclub. There's There are always three ways in. There's the first door, the main entrance, where the line curves around the block, where 99% of people wait around and hoping to get in. Mm-hmm. Then there's the second door, the VIP entrance, where the billionaires, celebrities, and the people born into it slip through. Mm-hmm. But no one tells you that there is always, always the third door. It's the entrance where you have to jump out of line, run down the alley, bang on the door a hundred times, crack open the window, sneak through the kitchen. There's always a way. And what's so hmm. cool is that in your quest to find out what like the secret sauce for the third door was, you were in fact exploring that third door right. each and every Without quest. knowing it. Yeah. Without knowing it. So what, I mean, I feel like it must have been like peppered with lessons throughout, but um, for our listeners who have a goal, have something that seems completely out of reach that the first two doors just like don't feel like an option, what's your, what's advice For people who hate lines. Yeah. (laughs) For those of us who just don't do lines, um, what, what do you have to say about that? What I've learned is that I always assume the hardest part of taking the third door was running down the alley, banging on the door, you know, the process of actually getting in. Mm-hmm. What I've learned over the past seven years, though, which has been pretty surprising to me, is that the reason most people don't achieve their goal has less to do with taking the third door and more to do with the leaving the line of the first door. Mm-hmm. So, right, the safety of it. Exactly, the certainty, the comfort. Right. You know, no one achieves a dream from the comfort of certainty. Mm-hmm. But that's where we all feel best. Right. Because that's where we grew up, that's where our school was, that's where our parents want us to be. Yeah. And that's where our friends are, on the well-lit sidewalk. No one wants to go down a dark alley with, like, a shady guy behind the dumpster and get muddy and bruised up. But that's the only way you achieve a dream. And what I've learned is that the fear of leaving the line for the first door is the single biggest hurdle to anyone achieving a dream. It doesn't matter if you want to get into music or write a book. Because what I've learned is that fear is a natural part of the human existence, right? Mm. And when you're going out to achieve a big dream, you know, you look at Bill Gates or Elon Musk and you just assume they, they're all fearless, what I've learned during my research and interviews is I've learned that every single person I interviewed is tremendously scared mm. and was terrified in the beginning, but no one talks about it. Right, because they just everyone assumes 
that that doesn't exist, but it's really, that's what makes it great is that you walk through that part. Right, and that's the whole key. Yeah. None of these people were fearless, yeah. but they were courageous, and the yeah. difference is so critical, but so easy to miss. Yeah, because there's no way to not be afraid. Yeah. Like, what, I feel like once you try to do that, you you waste all your tra- time trying to escape an emotion that's just gonna keep coming back to haunt you. People battle fear their whole lives when yeah. they realize if they just agree with it and analyze it. You know, fearlessness is jumping off the cliff and not thinking about it, which is idiotic. Or psychotic. Right. You know, courage, though, is analyzing your fears. And some people use their fear as their driving force. Right. It, I've it heard that in interviews where people are like, I'm terrified and that's why I'm successful. I haven't experienced that personally, but I have heard that. You too. know, where yeah. they're like, it's a dragon chasing them through the woods. Yeah, exactly. That's wild. Um, so you, through various modalities, <laughs> you reached out to you know, all the people that help make this book happen. Yeah. Help make these the interviews of the meat of the book. Did you invent the third door title? Like had you heard that before or you just that came to you? It came to me in a discussion with a friend and the first time I ever heard it and we talked about it, I was like, This is something. Mm. And then as I shared it with other friends, people were like, That's the title and I'm like Dude, that it sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> like it's not the title. <laughs> and it wasn't until I started playing around with it in interviews. I remember like sitting down with Jane Goodall and I'm like, "Can I tell you an idea that I have?" And I would tell it to her and she's like, "Well, that's how I started my career." And I like sit down with Pitbull and he's like, "Yo, Mbato, that's how I did everything." And I, and like Jessica Alba's like, "That's how we hire everyone at the Honest Company." And it was only wow. then that I was like, "100% this is. This isn't just the title. This is the flag." This is the mantra of mm. this whole mission. It's either called the third door or get scrappy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one other way to describe Byline. it. Yeah, <laughs> byline. This is a book on how to get scrappy. <laughs> um, one thing that really stood out to me of, in the book is your emails. Mm. And mm-hmm. some were met with like great uh, no's. I remember, like in one, in great, one great nose. Great nose. <laughs> I was expecting that to go nose. somewhere else, but massive yes. nose. Like, yeah. And one thing that stood out to me was there was one I forget with whom it was to, but you had sent an email and their assistant came back to you and they said, "Don't you shouldn't address someone with their Wolfgang first name." Yeah. <laughs> so, talk about that rejection because I think that that might be kind of like the motivating factor of the fear for a lot of us mm. is being afraid of the no. And I think it was when we had. Emma Roberts on and she was talking about um, Bellatrist mm-hmm. and how she was trying to get different authors to to kind of come on board with the concept and she's like you could always just ask and like the worst thing that could happen is no but sometimes with that no comes a scolding in that case so yeah. how does how did you persevere through that and what did you learn? Well there's this great quote by Paula Coelho where he says you know if you get an F on a test in school sure it stings but when you get rejected when you're doing your life's work, it's completely debilitating. Mm-hmm. You know, it hurts in a way that nothing else hurts. Well, I mean, I'm an actor, so I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're, it's part it's of the everyday. Every day right. is an audition. Exactly. And what I've learned is that there would be points in this journey, like with Warren Buffett. I went on this eight month quest trying to get to him. And it was literally eight months of his office telling me to screw off, you know? Did you feel insane at some point where you're like, am I just like dangerously crazy? (laughs) It's funny, but like actually, yeah, no, I can imagine. Those thoughts 
are funny to talk about in hindsight, but at the time are really scary because yeah. I started this not because I wanted to be this crazy person. I just had this simple idea of yeah. if all these people came together and shared their wisdom, you know, young people could do so much more. But after the six month of Buffett's office telling me no, there comes this point where like you're just pounded with the rejections to the point you almost want to cough up blood. Yeah. It's like you're trying to date someone who doesn't want to date you. Right. <laughs> Except the worst part is that you go and you turn on the TV and Buffett's doing interviews every day. Right. So you're like, what am I doing wrong that doesn't get it? Right. And what I've learned with rejection is that one of the biggest things, you know, if you turn on YouTube or Facebook, there's like a million self-help authors yelling at you to like, never take a break 24-7, like don't stop the hustle. Right. What I've learned when you're getting rejected over and over and over again Sometimes it helps to take a fucking break. I love that. Take a fucking nap. Eat some ice cream. And like, I think it's the most underrated thing that people can do because what I learned in my journey was the times I would try to push through, I would become this like psychopath and I would make horrible decisions and I would hate my life and hate my friends. And taking a weekend off is sometimes the biggest gift you can give your career. Mm. Stepping away from the canvas. 100%. Recalibrate. And no one talks about that. Why do you think, I mean, is it that it's so hard for us because we just have this thing where we're like, if we're not being productive in this like one linear way that we feel like yields results, then somehow we, it's like an additional failure or something like that? That's something I've, especially in the past month, had to work on myself is I'll write a note to myself sometimes. And I wrote, I think a couple weeks ago, I was like, not all productive days result in accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes the most productive days for me are the days that I turn off my phone and I go to therapy and I read a book about something I'm really struggling with and I journal about it because if you're looking at it from a big picture perspective especially if you're an artist yeah it's so critical to have those days yeah of those course. sometimes are the most you're like cooking days. and you don't even know it right and then your idea comes next week and people are like where did that come from and you're like I slept for an entire Tuesday <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah Totally. So what are some of the exercises that you use? Like you mentioned journaling. There's certain prompts that you give yourself. It depends what I'm working on. Okay. Um, when I was starting my career and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, I had different journaling structures right now because my dad had passed last year. I journal about different stuff. Um, so whatever you guys want to talk about. I love um, kind of how about like moving through, let's say, sorry, rephrase. Um, if we have an idea or a concept kind of in this like, you know, yet to be explored phase, yeah. how do we get to the point of execution or like get, getting over ourselves? Let's just say that. The biggest thing that I would give someone. So I'd call this the 30 day challenge. Mm -hmm. So anybody out there who's in that phase who has ideas or is even looking for the idea, this is the biggest thing you can do and it works it's unbelievably simple, which is why most people don't do it because they can't imagine it works as well as it does. Mm. So this is how it works. So go to like a Walgreens or a CVS and get one of those, you know, $1 spiral notebooks. And it's super important to get a brand new one. And then write on the cover, 30-day challenge. Okay. And then on the first page, write and journal about these three questions. The first one is, what excited me today? Love. The second one is what drained me of energy today. Mm -hmm. Instagram. 
<laughs> that's actually a really good point. Yeah. You know? And the third one is, what did I learn about myself today? Mm. And this is so. This is the key to this thirty day challenge. You have to pick the same time every day, whether it's the morning or the night, and stay super consistent. It's not thirty days over five months. It's thirty days back to back. And what happens is, on day ten, you're sort of going to roll your eyes and you're going to say, "Nothing's really happening here." Day twenty you'll start noticing some interesting things. It's like Whole30. Yeah. By day 28, you're (laughs) like, holy fuck, this is like unbelievable. Yeah. And it's really at the end of the 30-day challenge that things start becoming super clear. You know what's interesting? My I had this thing happen recently where I couldn't decide if I wanted to do one thing or the other. It was like yeah. it was a social thing. It wasn't anything that mattered really. But I was talking on the phone with my friend and she was like, well, what excites you? Which one excites you more? And I was like, well, this one and she's like we'll do that and then I suddenly started thinking and realizing that I'm so conditioned to just only listen to what I don't want to do that the voice that tells me what I do want to do is like not strong because like, we're not conditioned to be like that's exciting I should do that we're just like oh I don't like that maybe I'll just do nothing that's been like my operating yeah and one of the people who I interviewed for the book his name is Tim Ferriss the author of the far sure. away week heard and, of him right. and he said something great he goes you know Happiness is this very elusive thing that everyone's trying to trace. But if you focus on what excites you, yeah. that's a much more tangible synonym to focus on. Yeah, my friend said that's your higher self tell- leading you towards where you need to be. Right. I know. Good Snap. friend, huh? Thanks, Justine. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about like the like more tactile thing being mm-hmm. the components of a perfect email. Yeah. Because I feel like you really had to exercise that throughout this experience. And, and as it, anyone that uh, applied to be our intern knows, Elizabeth <laughs> really cares about people who quote give good email. And <laughs> apparently, <quote. laughs> apparently, when we wrote that on our description, it caused some waves. Yeah, it was a real to do. Oh, um, yeah. So tell us, how do we give good email? All right, so that's a, something. An, another thing I learned from Tim Ferriss. Okay. So what I didn't know about Tim Ferriss is that he started his whole career through cold emailing. He cold emailed the CEO of the company he wanted to work with 30 times. What? 30 times? I think it might have been 32 Holy times. Shit. <laughs> but he got the job. Shit. And then when he wanted to become an author, he cold emailed best-selling authors. Wow. So when I was interviewing Tim, I was pressing him for his cold email secrets. And he gave a template that works unbelievably well. Yes, Leah, take out your pen and paper, write it down. All right, ready. <laughs> so it starts like this. Okay. You know, dear so-and-so, I know you're really busy and you get a lot of emails, so this will only take 60 seconds to read. Boom, next paragraph. I'm in. Right? Yeah. Next paragraph, one to two sentences max of who you are and what context is relevant to that person. Okay. This is not life story section, it's one to two sentences. Boom, next paragraph. <laughs> The life story thing is easy to get caught up in for people. (laughs) Yeah. And if you write that in the first draft, great. Edit it down to two sentences maximum. Wow. Next paragraph, again, one, two sentences of your super specific question for that person. Okay. Something they can answer really easy. Like, Elizabeth, you know, what's the best, you know, website for podcaster, first time podcaster? Something they can just shoot right That's (laughs) so (laughs) retrograde.com. And then the final paragraph is the clincher. Okay. You go, I totally understand if you're too busy to respond. Take them off the hook. Even a one or two line reply will completely make my day. Literally, if somebody lets me off the hook, my tits are immediately hard and I'm like, yup, I'll write back. Oh my God. (laughs) Thank you for honoring my time. (laughs) 
You want to yeah. do a call? I got it. We can set something. That's up. so true. It, it's you know what is really annoying is when people make the assumption that you're not super busy and they're not one of five hundred emails that you've gotten. That is, and then that makes you not want to respond because you're like, what makes you think I have fucking time for this? But if you acknowledge it, it is. Whoa, what a Reverse psychological fucking... There have been go. responses Dang. from Malcolm Gladwell, Sheryl Sandberg. I got interviews for the book that way. It's been unbelievable. Wow. And what doesn't work? Yeah. Okay. These are the biggest things to not write in an email. Okay. Number one, I would love to pick your brain. That's like automatic. <laughs> <laughs> it's automatic. That trash, sounds like a know. time commitment. Yeah. And now, look, I made all of these mistakes myself. Right, of course. So I want to catch your brain. I'd love to get coffee. I'd love to catch up. What does that mean? You yeah, know, catch just, up. We don't know you. Right. <laughs> so those are the biggest ones. Other things is, you know, saying this is perfect for you. You know, I you know, I have the perfect guest for your podcast. I I know exactly what you're looking for. You don't know me? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And I would say the last biggest one is the qu- pushing the quantity of emails. So if you're emailing someone three times a week, four times a week, like I did when I was starting out, you're going to get blacklisted. Right. Persistence is important, but there's a such thing as over persistence. So what's the rhythm of persistence that you found like once a month, twice a month, once every six months? Like what's the way it depends on your relationship with a person. What if you have no relationship? Let's say it's 100% cold. Yeah. I would send one email. I would follow up the next week. I'd follow up a week after. If maybe there's another angle, maybe follow up a fourth time. After that, drop it and find another angle. Don't drop the goal. Drop the angle. Okay. Find another way. DM them on Twitter, on Instagram. Say find Twitter. a friend. Yeah. Okay. That that makes sense. Yeah. And it's shocking how well this works. But then how do you combat, like I'm really fixated on this, how do you combat, because I think there's the one of the main reasons why people don't do this is because they feel crazy or they feel annoying or like, mm-hmm. is it just that you put your goal on such a pedestal that you know that it's not about you so you're able to keep going? Or, you know, that feeling of, like you said, the rejection just is soul crushing. Like, how do you keep getting back up and not, like, just give up? So I, you know, again, you look at all these, like, self-help authors and they're like, you know, I've never thought about giving up about my dream. I've thought about giving up, like, a hundred times. Totally. It's hard. Like, I've been on this journey for seven years. There were really dark times. Mm. And what I've learned is that, do you guys remember the movie Castaway? Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Okay, exactly. Yes. So there are points on this journey where I felt like I was Tom Hanks on the desert island. Mm-hmm. You know, no one to talk to, no help. I was completely on my own. And it was in those times where, like, my Wilson, the only thing that would keep me hanging on was the reason this started in the first place. Mm. And I would only, I realize in hindsight now, I would want to give up when I was focused on myself. Right like fuck this I don't want to do this shit anymore and I forgot the whole reason this started which is that it was never about me in the first place I just believe that if all these like I said if all these people come together young people can do so much more you're the vessel for transmuting the information right and when the vessel's getting beat up it's so easy to give up but when you realize it's not about the vessel yeah that's That's what keeps you hanging on I love that so find a goal that's bigger than you and go for it. Yeah. What? Is and it, by the way, and it's not like all of a sudden this makes it ten times easier. Right. No. It just prevents you from completely giving up. Right. Which is all that matters. Exactly. 
exactly. Cool. What is next on the docket for you? This book is, we're holding it in our hands right now. So first of all, that's a massive accomplishment. Thank you. Seven year journey to make that happen. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Um, what's next? I didn't expect that when I had started the book, you know, I thought, you know, if I just pack all of these tools and tactics in one book, that would be it. That was my goal. And what I realized is that, sure, the book still has all those elements in it. That's not really the soul of this book. What I've learned is that the soul of the book is really about possibility. Because mm. I've learned you can give someone all the best tools and knowledge in the world and their life can still feel stuck. But if you change what someone believes is possible, they'll never be the same. And there's this story that I came across. I don't even remember where I read it, but it's the story of a teacher doing Teach for America. She was in Baltimore in a really rough neighborhood, a really tough school, and she's teaching third grade, and she's like, these kids need some inspiration. So she's like, all right, today instead of math, I'm going to pass out sheets of paper, and everyone's going to draw pictures of their biggest dream. So she passes out these papers, and all the kids start coloring, except for this one boy in the back of the class. And she can tell his face is a little sad. And then halfway through, his eyes light up, and he starts coloring. And the teacher collects all the papers, and at the end of the day, she's looking through them. And she sees that the little boy drew a picture of a pizza delivery man. And the teacher was concerned, so she called the mother that night, and the mother, though, wasn't surprised. She said the only male figure in his life who's not in jail or on drugs is his uncle, who's a pizza delivery man. And what I took from that story is that young people will always reach for the highest branch they think is possible. Mm. They'll always, always reach for the highest branch they think is possible. So it's up to us, whether it's schools or families or media at large, to illuminate more branches. And that's my mission moving forward with the book. Love. So beautiful. We're so proud of you. Can we ask you who's your favorite person that you ever interviewed? Yeah. Mm. Now that we've gotten all the beautiful things out of the way, let's gossip. <laughs> you know, parents are like, I love all my kids yeah. equally. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, I can't wait to become a parent so I know the truth. I'm yeah. like, there's definitely the one kid. <laughs> um, all of them were incredible. Yeah. The only one that changed my life in a tangible way was Quincy Jones. Whoa. That was the only one that I can confidently say I walked in one person and walked out another. Mm. Wow. And then who was... The biggest asshole. Do you know what's the funniest thing about the book? Elizabeth. All, well, there's a, all, all of the biggest assholes never made it into the book because they right. fucking canceled on me the day before. Exactly. <laughs> really? So, like, there are definitely people that... who, like, I flew to their city after six months of prep, and they're like, we're super busy, so sorry. So who was that? <sighs> it's okay. It's just between us. And 20,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave him off the hook because hopefully he'll still come back. Right. For, for the, but you'll the tell third us door. When, when we take our mics off. Right. <laughs> right exactly. For the, the third door uh, second entrance. Exactly. <laughs> Book title, second second edition. There you go. <laughs> we can workshop that. <laughs> we can workshop that. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm not committed, but yeah, I'll put yeah, it on yeah, the yeah. board. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think we should do a, a giveaway. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So um, stay tuned on our Instagram page for We've that. We've got a couple extra books. So. Yeah, we sure do. Alex, tell our listeners where they can find you. Um, well, The Third Door is available everywhere. Books are Amazon, Audible, Barnes & Noble, iBooks, Kindle. And for me on social, it's all just at Alex Benaya. 
Spell. So A-L-E-X-B-A-N-A-Y-A-N. And if you heard about the third door and you got it from this podcast, say hi so I can say thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. And we just celebrate your boldness and the message you're putting out in the world. It's very inspiring. Yes, that's a retrograde. You know what I love, Elizabeth? Do tell. I love cute things that are also sustainable. Ooh, it's very 2018 of you. It is. It's like if you have the option to make the conscious choice, make it. Make it. Do it. Yeah. Live it up. And one of our partners today is doing that. They're making consciousness cute with their three varieties of shoe. Ooh, might you be talking about our dear friends over at Rothy's? I am talking about Rothy's. As some of you may have noticed on my Instagram, I've been wearing these leopard print flats all around town. Muy cute. Yeah, they're muy cute. <laughs> Did I say it wrong? Probably. Yeah, but that's okay. We're just going to keep it rolling. That's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they happen to just be a partner of the show. So the thing with Rothy's, Rothy's is that they're made from recycled plastic bottles, which is truly fucking mind-blowing because when you hold them, smell them, wear them, they they are nothing like plastic bottles. Nothing like them. And they are so comfortable. They're a well-crafted, cutely designed shoe for any occasion a casual or a dress up if you prefer a flat the flat yep the point yep which this is the style stephanie and i prefer Mm -hmm. and the loafer which is probably what i'm gonna get next and i must say i noticed on their website they have girls shoes now too what do you mean girls shoes like a younger girl shoe oh cute which is honestly in the same style yeah and like the loafer style it's really adorable so if you've got a, a young one in your life take note i love the point because it elongates the way my foot looks in a mm-hmm. jean and as a short person i need all the help i can get that's what i love about the leopard print one for you because yeah. it's like a nude but it's like sassy too yeah and i of course went plain black yeah. because that's my vibe yeah um, and you're literally wearing all black right now <laughs> always yeah all the time <laughs> so if you guys head over to rothy's Dot com, that's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com. Use promo code retrograde. You'll get free shipping on this shoe that is just like a perfect investment staple. And not only are they super comfortable, but they're machine washable as well. Mm-hmm. Which, which you'll need if you're wearing them all around LA or, or anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Because, hey. It's summer and it's sweaty. But so again, rothys.com, promo code retrograde, free shipping. Send us your pics. We love seeing what you're wearing. Make a cute and conscious choice for yourself. Namaste wearing Rothy's. Ooh. Okay, so before we get to Roses and Thorns... I had a lady baby discovery that I wanted to share. Lady baby! I was in my sickness. I was on an interesting beauty tutorial deep dive and Mm -hmm. landed on the Jeffree Star channel, which is very like throwback to MySpace. Okay. Um, And I learned something that I had no idea about that I felt the need to share. Does anybody know how to um, identify the expiration date on their makeup? Uh, just generally, if I've had it for more than right, eight if years. Right, it starts to smell, right? Um, <laughs> I recently threw out makeup from when I was in fucking college. So I had no idea that on, Talk I would about say, shway. the majority of makeup brands now, there's like a little, almost like a jar on the back of the label. Okay. And it will say like 6M or 24M. And that's <gasps> Oh my the, God, I see it on yeah. this Glossier. Yeah. 18M. Exactly. What? So I don't know if I was completely in the dark about this and everybody else knew or what was the situation. I actually always wondered what that was. Yeah. Now we know. Wow. So for those of you um, in the shui of your uh, beauty chest. Or- what do you think it says about your energy when you're wearing eyeshadow 
from the time that you were blacking out and fucking the soccer team at college? I'd question if <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd take note Asking of the for a friend. Chalazin <laughs> drama of 2016. Oh my God, so true. Yeah. So that's the lady baby hat. Sad. That was like old cum in my eye. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> really good hack. Sorry, I had to take it there. Roses and thorns? Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Okay, my thorn obviously was covered earlier in the summer sickness. Yeah, yucky. Yucky. Yucky, yucky. yucky. Um, Rose, however. Tell. This, in a, in a callback to our discussion of plastic straws. Zero waste vibes. Zero waste vibes. We talked about this a while back, which I will say somebody followed up with the Starbucks getting rid of the plastic straws and we were questioning the new lids and apparently those have like a compostable um, element. Oh, good. So, update. Does this sound like something you guys like? Are we into it? Oh, mouth noises <laughs> coming in. Um, Simply Straws is a fantastic brand that was just put on our radar that not only has glass straws, but they have these beautiful kind of like mason jar. With a fucking straw hole in the straw top. Straw hole at the top, a holder with a, like a mini carabiner. So, so you cute. can bring it with you as you go along. And then also something that they have that is kind of amazing is they have utensils utensils yeah with a little straw mini glass straw in it and a cleaner but i will say i opened my mini glass straw box and i looked like a straight up crackhead it was like 50 fucking (laughs) glass straws i'm like where's the freebasing heroin you guys multi-use you know are we conserving or are we getting (laughs) insanely high so it's just one of those cool companies that uh we just came across so it's also like it's so easy to do this, to have this jar and have this straw. Like, and it, now when I go to get coffee, I just bring this and I'm like, can you feel that? It's not, there's no right struggle there. It's very exciting. Yeah. So, rose to the creators of that. And also phenomenal. just like, thank you guys. Yeah. Um, I would like to shout out uh, a show that I'm doing on Saturday. Ooh. If any of you guys want to come, it is on Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. at the Hollywood Improv in the Lab. And uh, our friend Sandy Danto, who, funnily enough, is actually a friend uh, that Elizabeth and I knew independent of each other before we were friends, because he's from Michigan as well, and I was doing stand-up with him, and Elizabeth and I didn't know each other, and then we found out that we had this dear friend in common, naturally. Naturally. Such is life. Yeah. So anyways, he has a show called Watch Me Chill, and I'm basically like the ringleader of this silly scenario where he's hanging out and we're just like inviting people in to the show and we have Pamela Price who's going to be on it teaching him how to uh, kiki do I do you love me that dance oh, whatever that is amazing uh, and then pa- we're going to interview Vanessa Chester and we're going to roll clips of her as in her child actress days Harriet so the much. Spy Jurassic Park <laughs> etc cetera, etc cetera. and then we have Thomas Dale who you know we are like the biggest fucking fans of uh, on as our comedian guest. Who you may have seen at our live episode at No Name. Yeah. So it's going to be so fucking fun and you guys can get tickets on the Improv website or um, you can DM me. That's so cool. I can't wait. Direct you there. I'll be there. Yay. Was there another rose that I had? Um, We both were on different podcasts independently that we want to give love to. That's right. Share yours. Okay. So I got to go on my friend Marcy's podcast called Midlife Makeover and I met Marcy way back in the day when I used to do celebrity gifting suites and would handle the talent and she was the personal assistant for um, 
Kristen Chenoweth. Okay. <laughs> Casual. Alphaba. And exactly, literally had tears in my eyes when I met her. And um, <laughs> she and her friend AJ are on this mission. To, AJ's a stand-up comic and is about to turn 40. And AJ really, her goal for her 40th birthday is to do go back to stand-up. And so they're kind of bringing people on to kind of help her like break through whatever her blocks are to reaching that goal. So the show is called Midlife Makeover, and it was an honor to be on it. And um, check it out. It's really great. I can solve this problem. Yeah. Don't do it. No, just kidding. Live your bliss. Live your bliss. But you'll never find it doing (laughs) stand-up. If you must know. Um, That's so sweet. Yeah. I can't wait to tune into that. wonderful. And then I was on our, so our friend Julio, does a uh, performance art piece really it really is and I was sitting with so he has this rapper that he has created called Lil Young Big and now Lil Young Big has a podcast and I was sitting with this person who's my friend as he's doing this character and I'm like I was tripping out like almost confused if it who it was because he was so fucking Leaning committed to so it so hard he's so good at it it's nuts so anyways the podcast is called uh what's good with you <laughs> but he says it in this like i don't know mumble rap fucking accent um and i just gave this fake person a lot of self-care like genuine self-care advice look at us out there on these streets just <laughs> yeah. giving advice spreading the love how we've evolved so that was super fun um and i don't really think i have a thorn although i will say um Last week was one of the most emotionally challenging weeks I've had in a very long time. And I just want to tell anyone who was going through something similar because I've had some conversations with certain people and they were also feeling like, what the fuck was the month of July? Like, was it a fever dream? Was it a nightmare? Like, I'm one of my friends to me said today, I'm just pretending like that whole month didn't even happen. And I'm like, I'm pretending like it did happen, but um, that I'm not affected by it. And like, I do feel like that. I feel like I've moved through it. So just you guys, you're not alone is all I'm saying. When it's tough, stay in the game, do whatever you have to do, but just uh, don't don't give up. I think that's so, aligns so beautifully with what Alex yeah. talked with us about today. Yeah. And if anybody is inspired to do so, we really want to hear about like the projects you're working on and we're always here to support you. So if you want to shoot us an email, that's so retrograde at gmail.com. So if you guys want to win a signed copy of The Third Door, leave us a review on iTunes yep. and shoot us an email. Yep. Let us know what you're working on. Yeah. And uh, we'll uh, be happy to send over a little bit of inspiration in the form of a book. How fun is that? My name's Elizabeth Cott. Oh, bye. I'm Falcon. Namaste listening. See ya. This episode of That's a Retrograde is brought to you in part by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is our favorite purveyor of mushroom beverages. Head over to foursigmatic.com slash TSR. Use promo code TSR to get 15% off your order. Yes, that's a retrograde.